welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Um, so we've been doing a series on culture uh, over the last couple of weeks. Debbie started looking at uh, beauty and the importance of beauty and beauty and the effect of beauty in a culture. And last week um, I, I spoke about how in almost in sense in a sense in parallel over the last couple of years I've been sensing the Lord speaking to me just about regeneration and regenerative culture and uh, he really got my attention in my, in my own garden as I started you know gardening in Pinelands um, you know, uh, gardening in Pinelands I've found out that people all over the country mark us um, for our soil which is you know really a bit harsh I thought um, because it's like gardening in sea sand. And uh, so I started researching it, and I realized over time, and God does this with me, is I find that God actually starts a conversation with me, and sometimes I'm only halfway through the conversation when I realize the Lord's actually speaking to me. But um, He began to speak to me about regeneration, and particularly regenerative culture, what that looks like. And in, in many ways, um, our culture has degenerated and when i say degenerated uh, our culture increasingly is producing it's not producing great fruit and it's actually producing um death in many areas death in in family life death in uh, in cultural life it's it's producing a kind of pessimism and negativity and sadness and sorrow and we don't want that and so I've been praying into this and asking the Lord, Lord, what are we to do about this? And of course, one of the, one of the great stories that Jesus tells in the Bible um, about harvest and fruitfulness is the parable of the sower. And uh, as I read through, read through the parable of the sower, there's one thing that really strikes me forcibly, and it's this, is that there's nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. You see, wherever you sow the seed, where it falls determines the, what kind of harvest that you get. And often we grow discouraged in our modern world that the gospel doesn't seem to be having the effect that maybe we think it used to have in previous times. But I want to tell you the gospel hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. The, the word that's being sown into the world is, is, is still the same, uh, same word. The challenge is the soil. And it's the soil both of our hearts, and that's the typical way in which the, uh, uh, the, um, the parable is preached, is the soil of our hearts. But I also want to focus on the soil of the culture into which we are, are working. And, I, and I'm enormously challenged that we need to be people who are working in, in, in the culture, not only of our lives, of our families, and uh, around us. So we're looking, uh, looking at that. So... Culture is so important. The, the culture that you create around you will have two different effects. Have you, have you ever noticed? Um, like, you know, someone, you can go into one home and another home and say the same thing and it'll have a completely different effect because of maybe the culture that's in, uh, in the home. So let's look at this word culture. It's got two roots. Um, uh, culture can speak about things that grow. You know, we've got agri- uh, agriculture, perma- uh, permaculture. Um, it, uh, um, you know, in a petri dish, you can get 
fungal culture. I'm not quite sure what that would be, but anyway, um, you, you get uh, if you open up uh, you open up the yogurt after three weeks in the fridge after uh, not uh, paying attention to it, you'll find some culture in there too. So you get all these different kinds of cultures, things that uh, that grow. But the interesting thing is, there's another root word that comes from uh, that is implied in culture, and it's the Latin word cultus, which means to worship. And what you worship and give attention to will grow in your life. And this is an interesting thing. And what we worship in the world, or what we make of primary value in our nations, in our, or in our um, homes, will grow and begin to create the atmosphere in which uh, we live. And um, so around us at the moment, the culture that we live in, is the, the soil into which we try to sow the seed of, uh, of the gospel. And um, as we sow our seed of the, of the gospel into the world, we're finding that in various places it's falling on hard places, it's falling into rocky places, it's falling into um, places that are filled with weeds. And, and so we're having a, a different kind of impact on culture than perhaps we would like to have. But... The amazing thing is the gospel seed that we sow, and it's interesting, the seed, and Debbie and I were talking about this uh, this week, the gospel that Jesus came preaching was the gospel of the kingdom. It wasn't the good news, uh, gospel just means good news, it was the good news of the kingdom, or the king's domain. It wasn't the good news of salvation, which is often what we preach. And the good news of salvation is actually a small part of the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom is, is that God is interested in bringing His way and His will into all of life. Yeah. Everything about your life is part of God's kingdom. This is the most amazing thing. And so I'm going to uh, and, and get to the six principles of regeneration that I spoke of last week. And I'm just going to take one a week and we'll see how far we get through the six principles. But the first one that I spoke of last week was holism. You know, in, in regenerating, if you want to regenerate soil, the first principle you need to understand is that you can't bring regeneration until you um, begin to look at the whole system. You see, it's, it's no point saying, you know what, I'm just going to grow cabbages. You know, all I'm interested in is, is cabbages. Because you'll find that cabbages or any particular plant will just... Drain, uh, drain the soil of a particular kind. Of new, but you need to actually start looking at, okay, you know what? It's about the plants. It's about the soil. It's about the microbes in the soil. It's even about the, the hochos that come into your garden. It's about, the, uh, it's about the birds. You've got to be interested in everything if you actually want a system that's producing life. And one of the challenges for Christians, for the church, is that we have become people of a very narrow focus. We've become people of a very narrow focus. And often we have separated out the sacred and the secular. I want to say that God makes no such distinction. In God's kingdom, there's no such thing as sacred and secular. We, we will say things like, how's your spiritual life? That implies that you've got a different kind of life. You've got your spiritual life. You've got your soul life. And you've got your physical life. 
And uh, although it's useful sometimes to label them so that we know what we're talking about, but the implication is that somehow we can have a thriving spiritual life and a not-so-thriving physical life. Now, Now, the reality is, actually, God's interested in the whole system, in the whole man. In the, uh, in the whole of you. So the first thing I want you to know is there's no part of your life that God is not interested in. God is so interested in every part of your life. And um, a couple of years ago, I heard this saying that it, it really challenged me. If, you, if, it's inter- if it's important to you, it's important to the Lord. And I was like, really? Seriously, I mean, surely. I, and I heard of one guy actually went to the Lord. He, was, uh, he shared at a at a conference um, a couple of years ago and he was an Indian brother and I'll never forget it. He stood up and he said, you know, I said to the Lord, he, had, he came from India and he said, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know, I keep on asking you for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks and I don't want to bother you. If you'll give me a million bucks, I won't bother you for quite some time. <laughs> he literally said that. I never forgot the testimony. And uh, how did that apply? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if it's important to you, it's important to, uh, to the Lord. And, and, you know, sometimes we think God is bothered by the things we need. God's not bothered by your requests. If it's important to you, it's important to the Lord. I had a friend of mine. She was a, a missionary. In, uh, she was in a war zone in the Congo. And um, at a certain point when she was there, she lost her watch. And uh, they lived right out in the rural areas and she couldn't find her watch anywhere. And she was really distressed because it was given to her by her dad. And she searched her house for three days. In the end, she still couldn't find it. She thought, maybe I've accidentally thrown it into the trash. And the only way they could uh, get trash, uh, get rid of trash, is they literally dug a hole and they threw their trash in it. And so she actually went through the trash looking, and can imagine a pit full of trash, looking for this watch, so important was it to her. After a week, she realized it's gone. And she was so upset about it. But after a while, she just sat down in front, uh, on, on the floor in, the, in her little house, and she said, Lord, that watch was so important to me. It was given to me my, by my dad. But Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I'm just going to release it to, uh, to you, uh, Lord. And I know if it's gone, you've got something better for me. And as she opened her eyes, the watch dropped in front of her on the, uh, on the floor, right in front of her. It just literally appeared. And uh, she came, and when she showed us that story, she said, I just had such a revelation that if it's important to you, it's important to the Lord. And so that's the first thing I want you to understand about holism is that every area of your life is important to the Lord. It's not just your spiritual life. It's not just that uh, your, your quiet time. It's actually your loud time too. Um, it's your, your time reading books, watching movies, whatever you do, whatever you're passionate about. If you're, if you're passionate about paragliding or um, sailing, if you're passionate about art, if you're passionate about um, music, if you're passionate about the law, whatever it is, God is interested in it. And it's a place He wants you to bring the kingdom of God, to bring His character and His nature into uh, people's lives. So, God is interested. I, I, think, um, I think how in, in every area we've withdrawn from 
It's amazing how that thing changes. See, I remember when I first got saved, I had a massive music collection before I got saved. But when I got saved, Christians told me like, no, listen, you can't listen to non-Christian music. And so I, I took my tape collection, because back then we had tapes. Um, those of you who don't know what a tape is, I'll come and give you a museum tour later. Um, I took my tapes, and I had literally one of the best music collections of anyone in my school. I took my tapes... And I burned them in front of all my mates. I had, I had friends of mine crying. Please, give me that tape, please. I was like, no, I'm doing this for Jesus. And um, man, I look back now and think, oh, I had some good music. <laughs> of course, I can get it all on, YouTube, on, uh, on iTunes now. But there was a small category of music that God would allow me to listen to. And it was Christian music. And I did find some good Christian music. But it took me years to realize that actually we can't withdraw from any area of the culture. I can remember one of the accusations, one of the Christian artists I got into, I really loved her music. Um, and then one day someone came to me and said, you know, she's, she's backslidden. I'm like, really? What's she done? She's just writing love songs now. I was like, oh, terrible. Really? She's just writing love songs? What? what? That's awful. Okay. And, and you know, the amazing thing is, is like we withdrawn from the music about love because we were treated into a, into a sacred little, little place. But then we wonder why the world doesn't understand what true love looks like. If we won't sing about it, if we won't proclaim it, if we won't glorify it from God's perspective... Can we be surprised when the world comes out and says, this is love, and we go, ah, not so much. What about um, in, in the Reformation, in, uh, physical, uh, in representational art? Before the Reformation, all art, well, most art in the Western world, was religious in nature. It was icons and pictures of Jesus and Mary and, and saints and, uh, and everything. And it's amazing. If you understand it, it's amazing art. You'd look at it, you'd look at it and sometimes um, from our perspective, our uh, postmodern age, we look at it and we think, geez, these guys didn't know how to draw. Because you'd see a saint and he would be you know, this big and the city he was standing next to was this big. And you're like, man, did these guys, you know, they had small cities and big people back then. Now, what was happening was the artist was trying to represent the importance of the spiritual over the, uh, the material. And so they didn't, their perspective was just a spiritual perspective. But then when the Reformation came along, they backslid. They backslid. And they started painting normal people. I know. It's shocking. They'd, they'd paint peasants working in a field. Uh, they, they would... Uh, Paint granny giving a toy to uh, their child. And they paint them realistically and, and powerfully. And at that time, there were Christians at that time thinking, this is awful. This is just normal life. But the, the, the teachers at the time would say, if you want to see the image of God, don't look at the image painted by man, but look at the image of God made by God. And they started painting humanity in a, uh, in, uh, as human beings. Now, it, it, when what the Reformation artists were trying to do is that show that all of life is important to God. It's something we need to get back to in our day and age. Today, we need to realize that God has called each of us into a different area of the culture. 
you know, there's a teaching that's called the seven mountains. And there's, there's seven mountains of influence. If you're called into the education mountain, shaping the way people view and think, oh, there's politics and, uh, politics and law. There's business and economics. You know, economics, economics so shapes people's lives. And we're called to, to bring God's kingdom in that. And bringing God's kingdom sometimes can be just as simple as make it a little bit better. You know, that, that's the most amazing thing. It's like when, when I'm working in my garden, I love working in my garden. When I, when, I, when I see an area become fruitful and beautiful, I realize that in that tiny little area of pinelands and my patch of sea sand, I brought God's kingdom. I brought God's kingdom. When, when you go out and you're just making life just a little bit better for someone, whether it's in your job, you, you're helping someone to prosper, you're helping someone to get ahead in their life, to provide for, the, uh, provide for their family, you, you're helping someone with their car. Just feel better about it. Just last lo- uh, longer. You, every bit that we improve the world, we're bringing God's kingdom. And God is interested. Amen? Um, in, the, uh, in the arts, in the medical field, religion, in family. All these areas are areas that God wants us to be involved in. Amen? And if we are going to begin to have the ability to sow seed into a culture that is receptive for the Word of God, we're going to need to be involved in all these areas. We cannot withdraw, because if we do, you'll find that the world just becomes hard or unbelieving. Or that it's got other priorities. And when we sow the seed of the fullness of God's kingdom, then it just bounces off. So take a moment to just ask the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, where, what area are you calling me into now? What area, what area is on your radar for me now in my life to just bring your kingdom? We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.